Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. I am TJ Jackson, and with me is my brother, Taj Jackson. What's up, T? What is going on, Taj? Not a mucho. Not a mucho. Not a mucho. Well, we are live right now on the Power of Love show, so you may be watching us on Facebook or YouTube, or you may even be listening to us on our podcast. Yes, this show turns into a podcast, so if you'd like to listen to podcasts, make sure you check out our show. We have hundreds of shows on topics ranging from loss of pets to um what else yeah, wrongly being accused in jail or wrongly being incarcerated to dealing with alzheimer's we have shows on all different types of topics that signify loss and this is what we do here on the power of love show this is what the dd jackson foundation is all about mm-hmm. um so make sure you guys check that out one thing i do want to say taj uh is that we are not licensed therapists we are just ordinary people who've experienced loss in our lives. We have been impacted by it and we have learned from it. And we like to share our opinions in an attempt to help you get through whatever it is you may be going through. Saying that if you need professional help, we urge you to seek it and to find it. Please, please, please do not just rely on us. Yes. Taj Jackson, um, how was your week? Um, I was trying to, I mean, my week's been pretty hectic. Uh, October is kind of a hectic time for me just because we have our, um, our charity Halloween mm-hmm. party mm-hmm. and, um, always takes up time and then just a lot, a lot going on, but yeah, it's, 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 it's been a week, you know? Yeah. 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 And for me, nothing much has been happening, but actually, Taj, JoJo is in a soccer, my daughter JoJo is in a soccer tournament. She has a really strong team, and, and they're doing really well in the tournament. And um, the reason why I'm sharing this is because it's just another example of loss. Last night in our game, all the, JoJo fell, uh, was was tackled, I guess. Mm. She wasn't tackled, but it, you know, it was a foul in soccer. I don't know what the term is, but... She fell and hurt her finger, and she oh. played through it thinking it was just a sprain, just as, you know, tender. But we found out today it was broken. Oh, and wow. She is not allowed to play in her tournament any longer, and no. she is distraught and bummed about it. And it's interesting because she's 11 years old. So now this is an opportunity to teach her about loss and how it could just come at you mm-hmm. um, at the blink of a blink of an eye and it's a it's a opportunity for her to understand what loss is so yeah obviously um you know she'll have more and bigger losses in life but it's these kind of losses these simple ones that can help her prepare for other types of losses in life so i just want to share yeah. that because that's something that i'm trying to utilize of course with francis is trying to teach have this moment as something that can help her prepare her for loss um yeah, we, um we lost someone in, in the MJ community that was an advocate for our uncle. Oh. That, someone pretty huge up there that's been behind the scenes for a lot of stuff. So it's kind of still affecting me, but it's uh, her name's 
Jess Garcia and, and, and she was also on our team for the stuff that we're doing. So, but yeah, that's kind of been, it was sudden for a lot of people in that way. So that's where we're at with all this stuff too. So it just, it reminds you even, you know, we've, how many shows have we done? You know? And it's like, I didn't personally get to meet Jess. I've seen her on the, on, you know, through zoom and stuff and did podcasts with her, but it still affected me just as if I had known her very well. I mean, we worked together and stuff like that. And she was always great, but it's like, mm -hmm. it's just, and I know the community as well. The MJ community is really feeling that loss. Mm. Well, um, to Jess and her family, uh, we send our love and condolences. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. Uh, yeah. And I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. Oh, Taj, um, we'll transition to this, Taj, that October 10th, which was just, Three days ago, this past Sunday, um, I'm not sure if you knew this, Taj, but it was recognized globally as World Mental Health Day. Did you know? I that? saw that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You did. You did see that on Twitter. Yeah, I did see that. Okay. But... Yeah. Here's the the graphic right. for World Mental Health Day, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's been that way since October 10th, since 1992, and each year World Mental Health Day has a different theme. The theme this year was mental health is an unequal world. Mental health in, in an unequal world. That's what I meant to say. Mental health in an unequal world. Together we can make a difference. So mm. what does that mean to you, Todd? What, what, what's your thoughts when you hear about Mental Health Day um, in 2021? Well, I'm, I'm a little happy about it because it was something yeah. that was a stigma for so long. So anything that brings or sheds light on mental health. You know, it was such a word that people were scared to use in terms of admitting to that you need help in yeah. a way, which is so common. Everyone does at one point or another. So how did we I'm, get I'm, here, Taj? How did we get here in your opinion? Like, How we, did we get we to both... where we, it was a stigma or how do we get to where now there's a day of it? Of, a stigma. Of... I mean, because if you think about it, it was like physical health. We all knew about that. We there, For hundreds of years, we've been talking about gym and, and fitness and stuff. Why was mental health so neglected? Is it simply because you couldn't feel it or see it or touch it? I think TJ, and this is your older brother speaking with the wisdom, <laughs> you can disguise it. And that's the difference. Ooh. And and just like in Instagram, you can disguise, you can seem like you're having the, you know, the perfect family or the perfect day or whatever, but because that's what you choose to show. I think physically people can see if you have a broken arm or a broken finger or, or whatever. So they see that pain or mm. you know, there's a big difference in that. So they know you're hurt in mm. a way where you could be hurting inside and no one would know. Todd, yeah, you like mad. that, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Hey, <laughs> I tell yeah. you, I'll tell you when I give you credit, I, I'll give you credit, you know, and that's and my, I think, I think you're right. I think it's harder to diagnose and, and if you can hide it, um, you put on you, that big front, you know, that face of like, you got everything together. And, and we've lost some significant people from, you know, the, their mental health that has shined a light too on it in terms of yeah. people that we thought had everything together or were happy, certain comedians that we thought that made us laugh. And we always thought they were joyful. And then in, inside they were really feeling a lot of pain. Mm, mm. So World Mental Health Day is an invitation to envision a world where mental health is a prior priority for all people, 
um, Mental Health Day is an invitation to build awareness and advocate against social stigma. It's an invitation to ignite the discussion on best practices for promoting mental health in the school, home, and workplace. Mm-hmm. It's also an invitation to celebrate those who have or are overcoming mental health challenges. And finally, it's an invitation to empower those who live in silence for fear of being discovered, misunderstood, or deprived of essential care. So mm-hmm. how can you celebrate or observe or celebrate this day for yourself, even though it's in the past? You can make a pledge starting now that you will make your mental health a priority every single day. You can shift or remove remove negative distractions that poorly affect your mental health and emotional stability. Uh, I think this is so important to, to remove negative distractions. And there's mm-hmm. plenty from the news to um, you know, negative mindsets, negative people, you have to be able to slowly change that if you're going to try to get healthy, uh, have a healthier mental health, mm. healthier mental health. Um, you can also practice self-care by performing at least one good habit each day that nourishes your mental health, regular exercise, eating healthy, meditation, seeking counseling, volunteering, journaling, and expressing daily gratitude are just a few of the effective and inexpensive self-care practices available to you. You can register for a group therapy workshop focused on your needs and interests and how you can observe the day with your local community. You can also spread awareness on the importance of mental health and help stop the stigma around the issue. And finally, you can reach out to a loved one who has been facing challenging times and offer your support. Let them know why you value them. Um, Happy World Mental Health Day, everyone. Let's help and the stigma surrounding mental health. Nice. That is something that, uh, as Taj mentioned earlier, all of us at DDJF are really proud of. Uh, I, I feel a slow shift in society in terms of mental health. We are becoming more accepting of it. We are becoming more open about it. Um, I just released a newsletter talking about I've been a little off mentally and mm-hmm. that um, it's part of the journey. It's part of it. You know, I, 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 I always try to, when I do my newsletter, inspire people to be their best and live their mm-hmm. best life. Um, but in this case, I wanted to showcase that even I hurt and even I struggle. Yeah. But I will, I will continue to try to improve myself and try to, to work on that. Um, Taj, anything you want to comment on anything I've talked about so far? Because I don't want to do too much. Rambling. No, the, I mean, I did see a comment. Suzanne said basically that, you know, it was perceived as a weakness back in the day, you know, as well. And I think that's the thing. Now that it's, there's been a light shined on it, just like kind of like going to therapy, it's, it was the hardest thing to get people to go to therapy because it was seen as something was wrong with you and, and you know, as a weakness. Yeah, I think slowly, as I was saying, we're shifting that on mm-hmm. uh, in our society. And it's a beautiful thing. We are slowly moving away from that and things like the Simone Biles. Um, there's a couple other incidents that I'm not thinking of that were talking about mental health. And, and and I think here's the thing, you guys, when we hear of someone, whether it's an athlete, a celebrity, a teacher, anyone, and we hear about them taking the day off or taking this off or something, you know, whatever, going through things, whatever, I think sometimes a lot of us will make the mistake of relating our lives to theirs and how we feel we would have done things. That is so um, 
such the wrong way to handle things. Uh, we don't know what each other is going through. We have no idea what someone else may or may not be going through or how things affect each other. So we don't have the validity and, and the the right, in my opinion, to, to be so judgmental. So the next time someone is talking about not feeling their best or struggling, I truly feel it's each and every one of our duties to accept that and to support that. Mm-hmm. It's super important. Uh, it's the only way, in my opinion, that there could be true healing and help if, if you're wanting to help is by being genuine and understanding and not judging. Mm-hmm. So um, that is something that I think is very important to share. Yeah. On today's episode of the Power of Love show, we are going to be discussing how grief rewires the brain and can affect health and what to do about it. So Mm -hmm. we're going to base our, we're going to talk about uh, an article written by Michael Merchel for American Heart Association News, which was released earlier this year. Um, some very important topics is that grief is a common, if not universal human experience, but that mm-hmm. doesn't make it simple. It's psychological, but it's effects, but it affects people physically. It's a matter of science, but scientists who discuss it can sound poetic. For mm-hmm. example, one scientist described grief as a form that love takes when someone we love dies. Touch, what's your opinion? I mean, and I'm not going to hold you to this because you're not a doctor or scientist. You're a smart guy, but you don't. I don't have, have those credentials. Yeah, you don't have yeah. those. You have some shortcomings. <laughs> what's your? <laughs> it's such a messed up way to. But uh, with your shortcomings, I still respect you, Todd. Because you're <laughs> Thank very wise. <laughs> but what's your opinion? And and again, without being scientific, what's your thoughts on grief and struggles um, transmitting itself in physical ways? Oh, I'm I'm a big believer in that. I've always believed in that just in terms of in general, because we already know that stress does that, you know, mm-hmm. stress. And that's from outside sources that make you stressful. So, it, you know, grief is the ultimate, you know, burden basically in that way, because you, you hold it all in. And, and so I would easily say that that would be affect not only your mindset, but your, your body and who you are. In that way so when people get sick after grieving or something that's totally normal to me in terms of i can understand why because you're holding so much you know of that weight in mm. Mm. Taj, how do you define grief this is a question that uh i'm going to ask actually i'd love for all of you guys to respond to and i'll share some comments but um i'm going to answer this Taj is going to answer this but i would love to hear how you guys define grief so Taj, we'll start with you how do you define grief that's a good, I've never really thought about grief in that way in terms of how to define it. Because grief for me is, I've threshold. So grief for me is kind of like there's a glass half empty or glass full. Grief, um, grief for me is when it feels like it's half empty and it's mm. slowly getting worse. That's grief for me. It's almost like having to get around that and buy that. So um, I don't define it in words like that. In that way, it's either you feel funky or you don't feel funky. And mm. and so grief for me is about feeling funky, whether it's loss, whether it's um, you know, um kind of the scenario that we're in now where we're all kind of hunkered in the house and and kind of not knowing where we're going. It's it's all the same kind of feeling of 
just being restricted in a way. Um, Carol says grief is losing your parents. Denise says grief never really goes away. We have good days and not so good days. Um, Carol also says grief is going through changes, friends moving away. Carrie says mm. any significant sense of loss. That's a good, that's a good. Yeah. Angie says grief is love and caring. Mm. Amber says grief is the process of acknowledging a loss of a person, a job, any type of loss. I love loss. that. Okay. There you go. Amy says grief is learning to live again with a piece missing like an unfinished jigsaw. You can never be whole again, but you learn to live with it eventually. Oh, wow. um, Adrian says grief to me is heaviness on the heart to me. Melissa says grief for me is not having your emotional needs met at the minute. And Patty says grief is a state of mind that bring your mood down or sadness. Yeah. Suzanne says grief is your body and mind dealing with the trauma of a loss, not just a person, but a job, house, opportunity, relationship, anything. These are great definitions, you guys. That's yeah, why I'm not look, stopping. Look at our community. Uh, Jennifer says grief is love that you wish your loved one could feel and be reciprocated. Mm-hmm. And then Clarice says grief is living with a loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josephine yeah. says grief is lo- losing loved ones and it takes you a long time to get over it. Um, Georgina says grief feels painful. Chris uh-huh. says grief is disorienting. Anna says grief is never going away. Uh-huh. I love all of these, you guys. And I keep looking awesome. down because I actually have the dictionary from Oxford Languages uh-huh. that says grief is deep sorrow, especially that caused by someone's death. Uh-huh. Um, so, and here's the thing, you guys. This is a topic no one likes to talk about. It's not an enjoyable topic, but it's an important topic to discuss because it's going to hit all of us at some point. And the better understanding and the more clear we could be um, with grief and how to handle grief, the healthier our our return and, and the healthier we'll be coming out of that grief. Yeah. Um, so, and there's more comments that are still coming in. So make sure, especially if you guys are on YouTube, uh, you guys read through our, our live chats while we, we are doing these these, mm-hmm. these shows. Um, but I, I want to share this. There's another, uh, uh, an add-on to this, this part of the discussion is that COVID-19 has both brought grief and disruption the way people, ex- and, the, and disrupted the way people experience it. But researchers have been examining grief since well before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, simply defining it can be difficult. Um, there are pre- pretty much as many different definitions of grief as there are people. Commonly, it's thought of a feeling. It's thought of as a feeling like sadness. That's not wrong, but it's more accurate to call it the response to loss. A mm-hmm. complex and multifaceted thing with yearning and long longing at its core. Its health implications are serious. A wow. 2014 study showed that within 30 days of their partner's death. People ages 60 and older had more than twice the risk of a stroke or heart attack compared to people who hadn't suffered such a loss. That followed a 2012 study showing the danger of a heart attack was highest in the first 24 hours after the death of a loved one and people with existing cardiovascular problems might be at particular risk. Uh This, This is something that is so uh heavy to me taj you know um i think about pops i think about um my best friend andrew's father 
Mm -hmm. I think about so many different people and, and, and my condolences to them and to anyone out there who have to deal with the loss of a significant person in their lives, whether it's a spouse, a child, and, uh, you know, just from our, our last week's show, it's my heart hurts for, for you. Um, I, I think it's important to talk about this though, because it's very important to know that that first 24 hours, first 30 days, first three months is so crucial in the healing process and, and, and health of the surviving member. So for any of us out there who know of anyone, please remember this and please be that support system for them. Please check in on them. Please help them grieve any way they feel comfortable doing so. I mm -hmm. think it's super important to do. Uh, Definitely. Other research has linked grief to disrupted sleep, immune system changes, and the risk of blood clots. Dr. Mm -hmm. Lisa M. Shulman, professor of neurology at the University of Maryland School of Medicine, said much of the physical effect of grief um, stems from how our brains respond. The stress from the death of a loved one jolts our personal, personal identity and our view of how we fit into the world. It sounds like a philosophical problem, but the brain is built to perceive an exist, ex, ex, existential threat as a threat to our very existence. This triggers what most people know as the fight or flight response. Stress yeah. hormones occur. Stress hormones course throughout the body. Your heart starts racing. Your blood pressure increases. Your respiratory rate increases. You become sweaty as the body marshals defenses for you to protect yourself one way or another. Someone who has experienced a traumatic loss might feel such a response kick in when they enter a restaurant that reminds them of a loved one or even when someone brings them up in a conversation. But people don't grasp why. Instead, you just feel this incredible physiological response and a rising sense of anxiety or even panic and you're flummoxed by it. Dr. Shulman says, Dr. Shulman understands this firsthand. Her interest in the neurobiological of grief followed the loss of her husband, Dr. Bill Weiner, a fellow neurologist who died of cancer in 2012. Despite uh -huh. her prior experience in dealing with grieving patients, she was unprepared for it herself. At times, she felt disoriented, confused, in a fog, responses that are the brain's attempts to dis dissociate itself from emotional pain. Uh -huh. I think this is important because... We have a doctor here, Dr. Yes. Schulman, who studies this, who graduated from this, who practiced this, yet when it happened to her, she was still feeling completely unprepared for it. Yes. And it just goes to show you, no matter how much we talk and discuss, until it happens to you, you won't really know how, how severe and devastating it could be. Anything you want to add to that, Taj, whether it's how, what advice you would give to that person or, or what we could do from the outside to help a friend, uh, a, a relative who may be going through this or any comment so far, what, what you got? Well, I think we've, we've said in other episodes as well, like, you know, everyone's way of handling grief is different in that. And so you have to be um, aware of that. And you, you mentioned that just because you would do something one way doesn't mean that they would do it that way in terms of hand, handling that grief. So you have to be, if you have a friend or someone or a loved one that's experiencing grief and you're trying to comfort them, you have to be super understanding that their journey is not your journey, what you might've gone through when you handled grief or how you handled grief. 
I'm, I always use you, me, and Terrell as an example. We all lost our mom. We handled it completely different mm -hmm. in that way. And it took me some time to realize Terrell handled it pretty much 180 from the way I handled it mm. in that way. And you were somewhere in the middle at times and, and stuff like that. We were more common than Terrell was in that way. But it's just, I, it took me time to realize that it, because I was just like, I thought we were always, since we grew up together and inseparable, I thought that was going to be how we all would, we would be kind of uh, grieving the same way. And so it is a process that I think it's unpredictable and you have to just be very aware that, everyone is different and it will hit people differently at different times. Well said, Taj. Uh, I wanted to highlight this comment from Cruz uh, on our YouTube channel who said, I lost a close cousin to suicide in 2020. He was in his late 30s, married with three children. His note said the loss of his sister from diabetic complications 20 years ago never wow. stopped hurting him. Uh, that... Um, and it's always hard for me to, to highlight some of these comments because I know you guys are opening up and being truthful, but some of these, I, I feel it really can help the entire community. And I think, Cruz, you're, first of all, our love and condolences to you, you and your family. can only imagine how difficult this is. Um, but why I really wanted to highlight your comment was because to let everyone know, time often helps but it doesn't necessarily always cure and you know it, it can hurt for life and until we understand or, or, or really try to figure out how to deal with it um, never get over it that's something we learn we gotta you gotta learn how to navigate with it um it, it it's challenging it's hard and and it's it's not it's not something we can say we can relate to everyone is different uh, mm -hmm. that, that's another big uh, takeaway I'd, I'd love for everyone to come away with is that everyone handles it different. You can't, as Todd just said, you can't just assume you're going to handle it one way because I handle it this way. We're all different beings and, and different things mean different things to each and one, every one of us. Yeah. Um, and Lena has some very supportive, uh, a very supportive message for, for Cruz saying, my brother passed from suicide, Cruz. It's not an easy one to accept because you'll always ask why. So my thoughts are with you and your family. Oh, uh, sending love to each and, and every one of you, Lena, and your families as well. Um, so many good comments and so much, so much, uh, uh, so many good, uh, so many good comments in here. Alejandro says grief is an integral part of the human experience. Some say that if we never know the depths of grief, we can never fully appreciate moments of joy, beauty, and peacefulness. Mm. Taj, what is your thoughts on that? That's that's an interesting thought because yeah, I mean, if the you, the lows are measured by the highs, I mean the highs are measured by the lows, basically mm -hmm. in that way. That's the best way to get a perspective of how you know. But that doesn't mean that you want to ex experience grief, <laughs> grief or yeah. loss or anything like that. But when you do, everything else is there's a different scale or different metric in that way. Like I've always said there's i have a metric now of, of when something happens to me it's on a scale of one to mom <laughs> almost like that you know one to like okay i lost my mother like where does that fit in in that meter of can i handle it or not in that mm. way and so that's how i look at it mm, 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 mm. okay so um 
this is interesting. So such reactions can make a bereaved person feel isolated because people feel their problems are unique. But after writing the book, Before and After Loss, a neurologist's perspective on loss, grief, and our brain, and giving regular talks on the subject, Dr. Shulman found talking with others can help. That is why the pandemic has made things extra difficult for people who've been cut off from the comfort of others. Mm -hmm. Many people have identical experiences with grief, right down to the same dreams. People do respond very positively to the message that the experience of grief and loss can be normalized by understanding why and what you're feeling. Grief can reinforce brain wiring that effectively locks the brain in a permanent stress response. Dr. Schulman said, to promote healthy rewiring, people need to strengthen the parts of the brain that can regulate that response. That can involve a whole range of creative and contemplative practices from um, painting to meditation to expressions of faith. And we have we have a banner or a, a visual. So let's see. Oh. This is the book Before and After Loss. So if anyone is interested in picking up this book, it is by the Dr. Shulman. Um, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Walmart, uh, Kindle, in IndieBound. I actually never heard of IndieBound, but it's available there as well. And Google Play. Um, but having journaling can also help by writing about disturbing memoirs or trouble, troubling dreams, you can read it over in your own words and annotate it over time. And as you do that, you are becoming increasingly aware of these unprocessed thoughts, memories, and emotions. And that is the way you start to rebuild more positive neural connections. Taj, do you do any of that journaling or anything of that nature? Or have you ever? No, no. Um, journaling, no. Not not for a long time since high school, you know, like early high school. Mm -hmm. You did you did stuff in early high school? Um, very little, TJ. I think at one I don't point, see I did, you I as did, a... yeah, I, I don't either. Like I, I I wrote down my feelings at one point, but it was I think someone found it, and then that was the end of that. Like you know, this, it was different now with computers and locking stuff and, and whatever, but um. Yeah. So we talked about, um, you know, journaling, painting, meditation, uh, expressions of faith as some coping mechanisms. But we want to ask you guys, what are some coping mechanisms that have helped you manage grief? Please let us know. We will highlight some of those for everyone to see. Um, but yeah, curious to know what have you guys done that has helped you get through difficult times of grief? Can I say um, my number one of what yeah, I usually do? The go-to is the opposite of grief, which is celebrating. Like, so I celebrate the person if it's a person in that way mm -hmm. or do something in honor of them. And that's because I'm turning a memory, a, a, a horrible memory into a positive memory in that way. And so doing something that they would want to do or cooking something that they loved or anything like that. Minus the cooking, because I don't really cook, but I, but other people might cook. But like that kind of stuff, where you feel like their their memory is not gone in that way. Case in point with Clyde, um, when we lost our friend Clyde Jenkins, who would go to our charity parties, our DDJF um, Halloween party, he was always the one that had the best costume. So, in honor of him, we have 
you know, the Clyde Jenkins um, costume contest, you know, award where, cause he would, it, it keeps his memory alive. And it also reminds us of who he was in a way and mm. a great friend as well and a great supporter of the foundation. So that's what we, that's how, that's my mechanism is trying to turn that. Cause you can get trapped and lost in that grief where it just downward spiral. It's, it's, that's at least for me, like it's been very, when I'm down in the gutter, I'm down in the gutter and it's not. So I have to like kind of look upwards and try to find something positive to get me out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, Carol says, I play your music. It helps. That's so oh. sweet. Um, Kim says, I go out to dinner at their favorite restaurant and order the same food they ate when it's their birthday. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. I've never... Uh, thought of that but that that's a really cool idea adrian says listen to some of their favorite music yeah there you go Mm -hmm. um okay sine says i like clyde on the next generation show yes he was on the show (laughs) but you know what i was he was great on it but you know i I actually forgot he was on it but for some he never did a a power of love show with us huntage no he didn't never did Okay. okay um and then Alejandro says, exactly, guys, as we as human beings feel pain in our bodies, it is support, super important to take care of ourselves. Yes. Um, and Jennifer says, journaling today, sharing status updates on social media, writing a blog, vlogging, or podcasting. We are all sharing memories or experiences every day. TJ and Taj are journaling off in these ways. You are 100% right, Jennifer. And we've talked about this because when we decided to do – um, the Power of Love show, when we, you know, we had a board meeting and we all chimed in whether we wanted to do this kind of a weekly show um, mm. on this type of inspirational, you know, dealing with grief, this topic. I'll be honest, um, my, from my perspective, this was a great opportunity to help everyone and, and to have some content out there because I remember when my mother passed, I couldn't find anything. There was nothing that yeah. that really hit me well. There was one book I found after like months and months of looking for something that that really helped. And for me, it was like, maybe we should do this. And I don't know how, um, you know, I, I didn't see anything in, in the format, although I wasn't looking too strong, but it just made me, I don't know. The whole reason why I am saying all of this is that the benefit that I've gotten from talking with my brothers on a weekly basis and with our guests, I wouldn't, I didn't predict. I didn't think of the healing that I've experienced doing the show and mm. how much strength and support it's given me simply by doing the show. Um, I didn't calculate that as, as part of the benefits of doing the show, but it's true. We yeah. are journaling and discussing and talking about our emotions and our feelings in a very healthy way by doing this power of love show. So mm. I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think it was Alejandro who said that. Um, was it Alejandro, Taj? Yeah, I think it was Jennifer. Jennifer. Thank you, Taj. Jennifer. Uh, but having someone to confide in is very important, you guys. Even if it's by video call, phone, or letter, it's important. Um, grief is a lengthy path marked with milestone people, milestones people must face and, detour, and detours where people can get stuck. It's important to seek resources. Grief never just goes away. If the loss is permanent, then so is the grief because we're defining it as a response to loss. But the way people experience grief is fluid. It can shift over the course of a day, 
an hour, a month, it can shift on you. It will naturally kind of surge and then recede. We often oscillate between confronting the pain of the loss and then being able to kind of set it aside or compartmentalize it. Eventually, it can evolve to a place where it resides mostly in the background with only occasional periods of stronger, noticeable thoughts and feelings about the person who died. And in time, people find ways to let good memories in without triggering stress. We never have no response to the fact that someone we love died, but it can and often does change its form over time. If you'd like to read this article, we will link it in the show notes. And if you'd like to learn more by reading Dr. Shulmo's book, Before and After Loss, A Neurologist's Perspective on Loss, Grief, and Our Body, here is what the links and, and where it is available. I already showed this, but I'll show it again. This is the, the, the overlay with the Amazon, um, Barnes & Nobles, Walmart, Kindle, IndieBound, Google Play. I think this is mostly for U.S. stores. But Amazon's worldwide. So if you feel like you want to know more or this is talking to you and you want to understand how grief and and, and its relationship with our mind and, and brains, check this book out. Mm-hmm. Um, Taj, anything else you want to share before we start to wrap things up? No, I think this is you know such an important topic that no one wants to talk about, even though that's kind of what our foundation is. It's like we want to shed that light on it, as we say in the opening, because it's, I mean, it's getting better, but there's still that taboo um, of talking about it because we're still figuring it out. Not We don't under, completely understand it ourselves as people in that way. So I think the more we talk about it, the more we're there for people, that, which is why I've always been so proud of our community in that way, because we hold each other up when someone loses someone or is going through something personally themselves. And, and that's what is so great about it. Cause we do need that as human beings, we need that support. And so that's all I would say. Yeah. It's, and never underestimate that support. Even if it's, even if you're a stranger to someone, you don't have to be a family member or friend of that person. Strangers can be equally effective. So what, what can you guys do? What do we suggest for you go, getting through these difficult moments of grief? There were some very, very good uh, comments from our community. One is from mm-hmm. Annie who says, find the right counselor who you feel safe with so you can create a space to talk things through and heal. I think this is so important. You guys find, you know, when I was young, when, when I was dealing with the loss of my mother, for me, it was really an animal. You know, the first therapist I had was my dog. And, you know, obviously dogs can't talk to you, but I I felt comfortable talking Mm. and and crying and holding an animal. And Mm. and a dog can play a serious, important role in that healing process. Of course, it expanded to other family members and, and, you know, other people. But my first counselor was my pet. And um, it's just so important that you guys don't just keep it all in. And, and make sure you seek that help. We, of course, are going to love Jennifer's comment who says, make sure to, I make sure to tell others to listen to your podcast. My friend Circle lost a few people this week. We are mm. worn out with grief. And, wow. and Jennifer, sorry for your loss and um, wishing your friends the best um, during this difficult, challenging time. Um, but sometimes just hearing and, and knowing that there's a community that can relate to you 
And again, we can't experience everything you guys may be experiencing, but maybe we can relate to you. And maybe there's a community. Uh, we have a Facebook community you guys could join that that helps in this way. Uh, every now and then we'll go in ourselves, but for the most part, it's communities that are support our community that supports each other. And it's uh -huh. a safe place where you could talk about the loss and, and any issues you may be having. This has yeah. all been growing in the last year, all since COVID's happened. And I, I think we're a little over, or we're very close to a thousand great members. So, um, it's, yeah, it's an important thing to, to remind you that even if, if, your local group or your friends or your family you feel a little too close to talk it out to a community that um you know that may be able to that may be able to you may feel more open with but you may remember to rely on your friends your close members and, and your family i think they uh they will always try to steer you the right way Brandy says, with a super chat, thank you so much, Brandy. Thanks for this live today. You help us a lot. TJ and Taj, love you both. We oh. love you too, Brandy, and thank you for the super chat. Um, Taj, I think I think we are good to close, unless there's something else you want to add, man. No, I, I just know it's really hard for all, everyone out there right now, and that when you take grief and it compounds it. So, you know, I feel for everyone in that mm. way but that's why we rely on each other and that's why you know we have to check on each other as we always say you know that phone call or that text or random to someone just say hey how are you doing you know it could it could mean the difference for a lot of people yeah i i your guys's uh comments are so cool man i love bombie's comment my dogs are magical therapists they don't complain either <laughs> and they don't charge, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they don't charge, right? Um, and then there's one more uh, super sticker from Jennifer that we need to highlight. So thank you, Brandy and Jennifer, for supporting DDJF. You guys, we will be back next Wednesday um, yes. at 1 p.m. Please be safe. Remember to help each other. And if you are grieving any loss, please remember you are not alone. On behalf of my brother, Taj Jackson, and our entire board at DDJF, we want to thank you guys for supporting us. Um, love this. Everyone calls me magic. I love your show. Shout out to Susan. Uh, that's from MH. But all right, you guys, we are out. You guys have a great, great rest of your week. We will see you next Wednesday. Adios, everyone.